So our gospel lesson begins with Jesus returning to his hometown of Nazareth. This is the town that he grew up in. It's the town where his family still lives. And Jesus lived there before his public ministry began. And so these are the people who knew him when. They saw him grow up. They saw him mature. They know his story, and they know his family's story. Now, they've heard all about the amazing things that he has done elsewhere, but they know him from when he didn't do any of those things. And it would seem like it was just too much for them. And so they can't seem to trust in him or believe that he might be more than they ever imagined. Or perhaps they feel threatened because Jesus upsets their worldview. But in any case, the people who knew Jesus well are offended and scandalized by him when he comes to proclaim his message to them. Now, in the face of that rejection, it would not have surprised me, at least, if Jesus became discouraged or disheartened after his trip home. But instead, Jesus' reaction is just the opposite. opposite. Rather than being discouraged, rather than being put off, it seems that Jesus sees this moment as a moment of confirmation of his mission. It identifies him as a prophet who will find no love in his hometown or among his own people. While the good folks of Nazareth seem to be carrying the burden of the past, now Jesus seems freed from it. And it's almost as if their rejection signals for Jesus a new stage in his mission. For after the rejection by his hometown, Jesus sends his disciples out in pairs to proclaim the gospel and to heal people and to cast out demons. No longer will they all travel together as a group, not, at least not merely. Rather, Jesus wants to, to send them out to spread the news to the, the kingdom far and wide. And he wants to empower his disciples for this mission. But this empowering takes an interesting form, doesn't it? For Jesus sends, or when Jesus sends the disciples out, he sends them out vulnerable. Jesus has a a specific list about what they can take and what they're not allowed to take. Now, on the plus side, Jesus allows them to take that which will make it easier for them to travel, right? And so they get to take a staff and they get to wear sandals because that will help them get around. It'll make it easier for them to travel. But what can't they take? They can't take food. They can't take money. They're not allowed to take even an extra tunic to keep warm at night. They don't even get an extra change of clothes. And so what this means is they are going to be exposed. They are going to be vulnerable. 
the disciples are going to know hungry nights. They're going to know exposure. And more than just that, the disciples are going to be dependent on others to survive. They will need to rely on the kindness of strangers for their basic survival. In order to get a bite to eat, someone's going to have to give it to them. In order for them to have a roof over their head, someone's going to have to invite them into their home. And more than this, Jesus knows that, that when he was rejected, just as he was rejected, rather, so too the disciples are going to be rejected. Even more vulnerable, and in that way, even more exposed. But the instructions that Jesus gives are just, is just to move on. They are to shake the dust off of their feet, putting the rejection behind them, and head on to the next folks with the hopes that they will listen. And so the disciples head out in a state of vulnerability. But in doing so, they learn a new strength, don't they? They proclaim the good news of the reign of God, and they invite people to orient their lives by the way of love that Jesus offers. The disciples are also a healing presence as they cast out demons and heal those who have illnesses. And later on in the gospel, we will learn how amazed the disciples are by what had happened to them on their journey. The disciples learn along that way, not just the power of God, but, but something even more about the power of what it means to be vulnerable. And they also learn about what has true and lasting value. I wonder what this has to say about our own ministries and our own service to the world. For as as Jesus sent those first disciples, so too Jesus sends us as well. We who have been baptized into the body of Christ are called to be Christ's body in the world, being in service to the world. We too are to proclaim the gospel by word and by action and to be a healing presence in the world, just like those first disciples. Like them, we don't always know what is truly valuable and what is not. In our lesson, Jesus invites his disciples to shed their baggage and to know a new freedom. Jesus asks them to shed the things that, would have undoubtedly, that they would have undoubtedly assumed were valuable, things like money and food, in order to to learn humility and generosity and mutual dependence. Jesus invites them into a space where they are to rely on God and on faith and on the kindness of others, and they are to become vulnerable along the way. Jesus uses the weak, for these disciples are just that, weak, and invites them to become even weaker so that they might be strong by knowing the true power of God's grace. 
Paul also speaks of this experience as well in the letter, first, second letter to the Corinthians that we heard this morning. When he heard God say to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. We live in a time that is so confused about what it means to be strong. Our culture thinks that strength comes from having more by being bigger and better than others. Our culture thinks strength comes from the ability to dominate others and to impose our will on others. But Jesus shows us this morning that our true power is to be found not in overt imposing of will, but rather in in simplicity and humility and gratitude. Our strength is to be found in solidarity with others and on reliance on others. Real strength emerges from vulnerability and not from being impervious. Our true power is to be found in faith, in the trust that our ultimate well-being is with God and in God. And God, in God's grace, summons us to live into this reality by discovering for ourselves this state of vulnerability for the sake of others. God asks us to be in such solidarity with those who are vulnerable that we might discover a true and lasting strength. So what does this say about our own ministry? What does it mean for us to face the possibility of rejection? What does it look like for us to be vulnerable? How do we create circumstances in which we come to recognize that we need the people we would serve as much as, if not more than, they need us? Can we risk being vulnerable with those who are made vulnerable by forces at work in our society and in our world? How do we enter into a vulnerable space with those who are already vulnerable so that we might discover strength together? In our baptisms, we are called to be disciples. We are called to be followers, followers of Christ. The challenge in that, among other things, is learning to let go of our baggage, learning to let go of our assurances and the things that would seem to make us safe and impervious. The challenge is to let go of all that is keeping us from serving in faith so that we might head out into the world in trust rejoicing in the power of the Spirit and in the power of God's love. Amen.